Now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey everybody and welcome to the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Now this week, we're going to do start off the show with a little something different. Uh, we usually jump into the week in review of the Knicks. Uh, we're still kind of going to do that, but just not in the first segment because last night's game to the Cavaliers kind of took over, you know, kind of took the original plan and, and it's the Cavalier game is just causing so many other headlines um, that you guys have all heard of, whether if it's LeBron, Neil Aquino, LeBron and Cantor, LeBron's Instagram post, um, situations that happen in the game, uh, the, the pushing and shoving, the comeback, all of that, all these headlines into this game. Uh, so we felt like it was important to go ahead and start with that. This is probably going to be the longest segment of the show because there is so much to talk about. Um, so we're going to try to put it together as organized as possible. Uh, we'll kind of start off with just the reactions from the game and Chip, I'm going to start with you. What was your reaction after that that gut wrenching loss to the Cavaliers last night? Look, it's a it's a tough loss to swallow when you have when you have a 15 point lead going into the fourth quarter against uh, the defending Eastern Conference champions against more importantly against LeBron James after he's talked trash. And after Ines Cancer did what he did during the game and stood up to LeBron James and forever became a hero in New York yeah. amongst Knicks fans, it's a tough, tough loss, you know, to give up 43 points in the fourth quarter and have Kyle Korver score 19. Yeah. In the quarter. I mean, LeBron James was two of six in the fourth and had seven points. I mean, he had eight assists. He was fantastic in the fourth quarter passing the ball, but Kyle Korver won that game with his three-point shooting. And to lose that game, look, I love Kyle Korver, love watching him play, but to lose that game because of Kyle Korver was rough. With that said, I'm very encouraged by what happened last night because uh, Clyde Frazier said something that was very, very smart, as he usually does. One of the last things he said last night was, the Knicks know now that they can compete with anybody. And I think he's right. They should take that away from last night because Christoph Sporzingis didn't even have his best game. Mm-hmm. And they still had the Cavs on the ropes. Christoph was 7 of 21 and had 20 points. He didn't even play that well. And they still made LeBron sweat. You know, he still, they still almost had him. They still had him on the ropes right up until the end. And, uh, look, DNS cancer thing is obviously what you take away from it. More than anything, that's going to be the headline. That's going to be remembered. You know, he, 
he said uh, he called out LeBron's nickname after it. He said, I don't care what you call yourself, king and queen princess, we're going to fight. That was a great line. And then LeBron came right back at him. Obviously, LeBron doesn't like an S. A lot of people don't like an S. Cantor. Yeah. Star players don't like when role players talk like an S. Cantor does. Yeah. You know, and and uh, LeBron said, LeBron called back at an S. Cantor, some long quote, who cares what LeBron says. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> look, it's LeBron James. It's what he does. You know, he called himself the king of New York. And then and S. Cantor responded again. And we already have Christophe Porzingis. Like, I guess Inez Cantor versus LeBron James is going to become a rivalry. I like it. Wow. I, yeah, I like it. One of the main reactions, I tweeted this out today. One of the main reactions I took from that game was, uh, does anybody really want Inez Cantor to opt out of his contract anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. uh, does anybody want Inez Cantor to leave? I certainly don't. Yeah. I mean, I love the, I love the guy. Yep. I love him, and it's not look his play on the court has been fantastic. He's amazing in the post. He's even better in the post than advertised. And look, his defense is atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> There's no time that, but he's a monster on the glass. I mean, Clyde said it last night. The ball is like a magnet towards him on mm-hmm. the offensive glass. And that's one of the main reactions. That That's probably my main reaction from last night. I want Ines Cantor to stay. I don't want Ines Cantor to go anywhere. I, I love the guy. And Ines Cantor is, might be my new favorite Nick after last night. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth with, with Cantor. Uh, I love everything about him. I don't want him gone. That's what I was thinking about immediately last night that the Knicks have to keep a hold of him. I, and I even said, I said, I'll pay the guy. I think he's, what, he's making like $18 million or something like that. I'll pay him that gladly. Yep. Gladly because you know what? He's going to show up. He's going to compete. He's my kind of player. I want Cantor to remain a Nick. I think his attitude, his toughness, his swagger, not backing down, not caring who he's talking to, I think that fits New York basketball. And I think the Knicks really, really, really need to keep him. Um, again, this is not just based off of last night's game. Last night's game makes me feel like this even more. But the more I watch Cantor, the more I like. I want him sticking around. But with that being said, going to the game, it, it makes this podcast so difficult to do today. Uh, it just my 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 stomach has been in a knot literally all day uh, of watching what happened last night. You know all the headlines. We're going to get into these headlines in just a moment. Um, but then the Knicks jump out to a big lead, and it looked like the Cavaliers were stunned. They looked like, oh my God, we're about to lose to the New York Knicks once again. The Knicks were playing. Amazing. And, and then all of a sudden, LeBron James does what LeBron James does best. Breaks down the entire defense. The defense collapsed. He finds an open shooter, and they just did not miss. I did not. I, I haven't seen that many three-pointers hit in a consecutive span at, at all, watching any basketball game. Um, and it's just such a tough, tough loss to sit there and watch. 
It's tough to swallow. I mean, I get up this morning to do my show on Fox Sports Spartanburg, and first thing I do when I walk into the, the station, everybody's tell they come up to me and they say, so the Knicks really uh, gave that one away last night, huh? And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, it just follows me wherever I go. I just wanted to forget about it. That's It's just a miserable, miserable loss, and I know we're about to talk about these headlines, but I'm going to say this really quick. Yes, the Knicks showed toughness. Yes, they didn't back down. Yes, we jumped out to a 23-point lead. We had a, we rallied around each other. That's great and all. But in the end, the last last is the last laugh. Excuse me, is really for LeBron James. They won the game. The Knicks did not win this game, and it's sickening to think about. If we win that game, even if they come back, but the Knicks still win that game, we have the rights to brag. We don't have that right now because the final score was the Cleveland Cavaliers won the game, and there's no moral victories. We did not win the game. All these other positive things, but all that matters is the final score. The Knicks are on the wrong side of that. Very disappointing. Um, but let's let's go back into some of these headlines now with this game. We'll start right with the, the whole controversy that starts all of it. After Sunday night's game, against the Dallas Mavericks. LeBron James talks about Dennis Smith Jr., said the New York Knicks should take or should have taken Dennis Smith Jr. And Chip, I'm curious, what what were your thoughts when LeBron James said it? Do you think that's something that LeBron James should have said? My first thought was, okay, he's taking the shot of Phil. Knicks fans are overreacting about the because Knicks fans were freaking out on Twitter that LeBron was going after Frank. And I was like, Knicks fans are going crazy for no reason. He wasn't talking about Frank. This was about Phil, which LeBron later on confirmed that he was going after Phil. Uh, and apparently LeBron is like friends with Dennis Smith too. So that had mm-hmm. to do with it. But that was my first shot that it was a Phil thing. And uh, then uh, about whether or not he should have said it. No, I don't, I don't think he should yeah. have said it. I mean, I also tweeted out this. We're talking about teenagers here. Like, come on. Shouldn't, if anything is off limits, shouldn't it be 19 year olds? Come on. I know LeBron, I know like pettiness and trash talking is the thing now, but come on. We're talking about teenagers who played 12 games in the NBA. Leave them out of your petty, nonsensical views. Yep. And look, you know, Again, the comments that LeBron James made, do I agree with them? Obviously. I spent here all offseason talking about Dennis Smith Jr. But is it LeBron James' place to say what he did? The answer is no. He shouldn't put the New York Knicks in his mouth at all. He should not worry about what the New York Knicks are doing at all. You know, it's funny that he's doing this, and I know he's saying he's taking shots at Phil Jackson, whatever. When Phil Jackson talked about his posse, he got all upset. Was wondering, why is Phil Jackson even talking about me? So, Phil Jackson's not even with the Knicks no more. So, why is LeBron James trying to say who the Knicks should have got? I, I think he was completely out of line with his comment. Now, look, do I think he was... Knocking Frank Nilakina 
No, I don't. I don't think it was any meant disrespect towards Frank Nilakina. But obviously when you say something like that, some people are going to be rubbed the wrong way. And that brings me kind of to my next my next thought. What did you think about the Knicks responding? You know, Przingis said something. Cantor obviously very vocal about it. What were your feelings towards the Knicks rallying around Frank Nilakina? I thought it was great. That's what you do. You have your rookies back. You have your teammates back. I mean, that it shows how close this team is. You know, their guy, they felt their guy was attacked, which, look, LeBron wasn't attacking him probably, but indirectly he insulted Frank. And it's their, look, Cantor is the veteran on the team. And, you know, Porzingis has been there. This is his third year. He's the leader. And Cantor is the veteran. So it's his, it's both of their responsibilities to, you know, say something. Yeah, and I think it's great that they rallied around him. Um, you know, we could see it even last night when Frank Nilakina kind of gets bumped by LeBron and the 19-year-old kid didn't back down himself now. He, he pushed LeBron James, you know, basically for putting hands on him. Standing up for himself, I thought that was great. And then again, Cantor, the great teammate that he is. This guy's been in New York for like two weeks. And you know what? It's like he's been a Nick his whole career by the way that he stepped yeah. in, got into LeBron's face. Um, you know, the, the, we, we see that in the game. It continues on after the game. As you mentioned before, the, the post-game uh, comments by LeBron and back to Cantor. Uh, and I, I just, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit. We touched on it. But is this going to become one of the, the next big rivals? Do you think that the next time these two teams meet up, it, do you think this is going to spill over? Is it going to continue? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to stop. I mean, uh, do LeBron and Steph, have LeBron and Steph made up? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, uh, LeBron doesn't let rivalries go, uh, like most NBA players. So, no, he's not going to. LeBron isn't going to get over uh, Inez Cantor, someone he sees as a lesser player, insulting him. So he's not going to give up on a feud with Inez Cantor. Definitely not. And mm-hmm. I don't think he'll go after like Frank or anything because he doesn't want to be seen as petty by insulting, like like I said, a teenager. Well, I, I think he kind of already did that, Chip. He. he- he not Frank Nilakina picked up that ball to take it out on the inbound, and LeBron's pushing him. I felt like that was a little petty. Can you? Can you? Do you think you see what I'm saying? I, I think that was a little intimidation. Exaggerate. You think he was trying to intimidate? Yeah. Him? I think yeah. I think he was trying to intimidate him a little bit. I, I don't. He was really trying to rile him up. He was trying to get him to go after him. Yeah. So, but what I mean by go after him, I, I what I mean by I don't think he's going to go after him is I don't think he's going to go after him like in the media, like yeah, say his okay. name in the media. Okay. I think a Cantor's name in the media. I don't think he'll name Frank's name in the media because that'll make him seem really petty. And, yeah. Especially and going for a 19-year-old kid. They played, yeah, they played the Knicks again at the end of the year. Okay. 
And I think he'll talk about cancer then. And yeah. uh, he won't talk about Frank, though. He won't talk about Frank. What I'm hoping is that the New York Knicks beat them in Cleveland. Whenever that game happens again, I am hoping and praying the Knicks beat them in Cleveland. Because as soon as they do, I and I hope it's Cantor who has a monster game. I want Cantor to go to Instagram immediately and put a post <laughs> that says, I'm the king of Cleveland. <laughs> and, and go back at him. I would love that. That would be that. That's that right there would be the greatest kind of comeback tour. Because right now, again, with LeBron posting his playground, he's the king of New York. You know, we Cantor says oh, we already got one. His name's Przingis, which is great. But again, the laugh, the last laugh is for LeBron James. He won the game, so right now he's clowning us. He's clowning us. I think the way we get him back is if we can beat him in Cleveland once again, come with a similar post with that. But with that being said, we, we are running out of time with this segment. Um, we're going to come back, and then we are going to kind of backpedal. We're going to go into the week of review with all the other games that were played from the last podcast. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi everybody, Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Next State of Mind podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Next State of Mind podcast. So we, we talked about the big one last night. Cleveland, the Knicks, the headlines that all followed that game. Uh, now we're kind of going to backpedal, and we're going to talk about the week in review for the Knicks. I'll give you guys our reactions, our thoughts of how the Knicks have looked since the last show. So the games that we are covering now, we have to go back from last Tuesday when they played the Charlotte Hornets. Then Wednesday they played the Orlando Magic, and then Saturday they played the Sacramento Kings. Winning two out of three of those games, they beat the Hornets, they beat the Kings, they lost to the Magic without Brzingis. But Chip, starting with the Hornets game, go give, give you a reaction of how the Knicks have looked during that span. Well, I think they look great considering uh, the only loss was against Orlando and they didn't have Porzingis in that game. Yeah. Um, and uh, Orlando been playing pretty great basketball, so I wasn't surprised that they dropped that game. And especially with the way Orlando's defense has looked, I thought they'd lose that game. They didn't uh, they didn't score 100 points in that one. And look, Hardaway was fantastic, put up 26. Yep. But uh, starting with the Hornets, um, the Hornets uh, have struggled, but I was still worried about that one. Uh, because Kemba always kills us, and it was at the Garden. So, and he's been dominating at the Garden yep. since he was in college. Oh yeah. Uh, but um, you know, they didn't have any answer for Porzingis, just like most teams. And he had 28, and he whooped them. And uh, McDermott was awesome in that game. He had 20 points off the bench, mm-hmm. seven of eight from the field, three threes. 
Um, yeah, uh, Malik Monk was actually really fun. Yes, to watch for them. yeah, he was unbelievable. Um, he, <laughs> he clearly wanted to show up and put on a show in front of the team that passed on him. But uh, Knicks won by five. They had a huge fourth quarter. That was a cool game. Very fun to watch. Um, always fun to watch Kemba. But uh, the Magic game, like I said, no Porzingis. The Knicks are going to struggle to win any game. Like any team, they're going to struggle to win a game without their best player. You know? So, uh, yeah, they lost against a team that has a, a very good, potentially great defense. So I think it's an achievement that they shot 52.5% from the field, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that they only attempted 12 threes in the entire game, I didn't like that. I think when you don't have your best player, you need to take a lot of threes to try and make up for that and get easy baskets. Uh, Lance Thomas didn't, uh, Lance Thomas played 22 minutes and he took six shots. And for some reason, none of them were threes. I don't, I don't get that at all. He never scores on twos. Why is he taking six twos and not? Not six threes. I don't get that. But I don't want to delve too much into Lance Thomas, so I won't bore everyone with Lance Thomas talk. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, but the Magic, basically, what you take away from that is they played a, a great they're, – uh, they're eight and six now, but they were seven and four after that win. And they're a really good defense. And no KP, that's – and on the road in Orlando, that's a recipe for loss. So – and then the Kings, oh my God, we talked about the Suns last week, <laughs> but the Kings are, the yeah. Kings are almost as bad, maybe as bad. Yep. So maybe, maybe, I mean, oh my God. They, uh, after, the Knicks were up nine after that first quarter. Uh, and Matt, I, I don't know if you watched the whole game, but the Kings pretty much gave up after that first yeah. quarter. They really did. And, uh, uh, they only had two guys on the team score uh, in double figures, and both of them were off the bench. Their starters, their high in, off, uh, their high starter in points was Bogdan Bogdanovich, and he scored nine points. Gosh. All of their starters combined added up to 41 points, and KP scored 34 on his own. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's it was bad. Just embarrassing. It That's was terrible. Embarrassing effort. 91 points. They gave up 118. Anybody who watched that saw them quit after the first quarter. Yeah. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. I'm not taking anything what the Knicks did because the Knicks stomped on them. Yes, they did. Right out from the just made sure that they quit yep. because they knew they were an inferior team. And yep. when you're a good team, you stomp on the lesser teams. So that's what they did. And, uh, it was good because Damian Dotson got uh, 14 garbage time minutes and managed to score 14 points. Yes, he did. He so that good. was nice to see. But, but uh, yeah, uh, my takeaway from that one was, wow, I can't wait to play the Kings again. <laughs> yeah. Can we schedule them like six, seven more times this year? That would be nice. I don't like the Kings that. And yeah, I, I don't like again. playing like, them and the Suns only twice a year. We, we need the – Put them on the yeah. schedule a little bit more. And then a few more W's would be on the next record. Um, you know, that, sure. that Hornet game was 
uh, another great comeback. Uh, they, they struggled defensively, I think, in the first half. Picked it up in the second half because the offense is fine. The offense has been scoring points. It's about their defense. Um, they, they made some adjustments and did a, a nice job coming back and winning that game. Um, and I just I just remembered something, so I am going to take a little pause from this um, to kind of go something I forgot to say in the last segment because, you know, these whole games that we're about to talk about besides the Magic game that Przingis missed, Przingis was unbelievable once again, and we have done nothing but praise Przingis so far this season like we should. He was He has been incredible. I will say this, so this is what I meant to talk about on the last segment, and I'll just do this really quick. I was very disappointed with him last night because when they things started going south for us, when LeBron James got put on him, I just felt like Brzingis came up small uh, and really could not do anything to score. LeBron just put him in a clamp, shut him down. So that was disappointing, but now that I – Popped in my head, didn't want to forget it. I'll go back on track to the Magic game. And look, we lost to the Magic. I, I think if Przingis plays in that game, I think it's a different result. I, I think the Knicks would have won that game if Przingis is on the floor. I think the Knicks played. They, they, I, I, I saw effort. You know what I mean? They, they went out there without their star. They competed. They were in the game for a little bit. I just think in the end, it just simply wasn't enough. They didn't have their go-to guy, and you can kind of see that at the end of the game when the Magic went on a run. It was kind of like, who, who's going to step up and kind of put a stop to this? The Knicks just did not have that guy at all, and that's what contributed to that loss. And then, yeah, Chip, you're you're right on the money with the Sacramento game. That, that was a credit to the Knicks. Like you said, they went out and took care of business. You know, sometimes you play teams like that, and you think, okay, this team is bad, and – we we should just beat them on talent. Good for the Knicks to realize that they don't have that much talent to just win games on talent. They play basketball. They executed beautifully that night. That was one of those games that uh, you want to watch the film over and over and over again because everybody got involved. Everybody had a a fun night and contributed to that win. Um, so, so far, like I said, the Knicks were – other than the Cleveland game that kind of counts into this, they're 2-2 they're two and two in the four games that um, were played between the time of our podcast. Um, so it, it seems like so far each week we're, we're talking about one bad game uh, every week, I feel. Uh, the Magic game, again, you can kind of talk about Brzingis just not being there, and then you know the Cleveland game is just a heartbreaker. Um, but overall, the Knicks still – to me, are playing pretty solid basketball. They're fun to watch. Um, they're showing that they are not that team that's just sitting back and, and uh, giggling at the sights of superstars like LeBron James, just dominating them like we've seen in the past, because I have literally seen that in the past. If people remember uh, the David Lee days uh, of the New York Knicks, and there was a stretch where the Knicks played like Cleveland and Kobe, and there was somebody else, and they... Three straight games, the Knicks just got dominated by a star. 
And David Lee's quote was, this was the worst but best three-day span ever. Meaning, bad that we lost, but at the same time, very fun to watch these guys dominate us. It was basically what he was saying. That was pathetic. No longer the case with the Knicks. They're, they're not backing down to anybody, and they're fun to watch. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to wrap up this segment, and we're going to finish the show talking about something, that the, the, the weakness that we feel the Knicks need to address. Somebody needs to step up outside their starting rotation. They're not getting much production from the bench. So we're going to get into that. Hi, in everybody. Just a moment this is Chip back. Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. And we kind of talked about it right before our break that the New York Knicks, their starters are playing great. Uh, Przingis is playing great. Cantor has played great. Jared Jackson, he's been put into the starting rotation, has given us production. The Knicks' weakness, though, is when guys like Przingis leave the floor, or Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, basically when the starters are leaving the floor, that's kind of when we see a little bit of a struggle offensively. And you know, the Knicks got to get that problem fixed. They need somebody to come off the bench and produce to give Przingis especially Bazingas, some much-needed rest. Because, look, Bazingas can't play 40 minutes a night all year and then average 30 points a game. You know, the way he's going right now, I can't think he's going to stay on this pace if he's playing that many minutes and having to do everything each night. Somebody has to step up and chip. Who on this bench do you think has been disappointing? somebody that you thought would help out the Knicks with Ben scoring? Who, who would be the guy that you're disappointed in and, and, and want to see step up? Well, Beasley is the disappointment, yeah. for sure. He came in and hyped himself up. Yeah. You know, and he's nothing. He's averaging less than five points a game, uh, less than 15 minutes, uh, less than five shot attempts. So he's the guy that we need to step up and score. Uh, O'Quinn has been fantastic, but as we know, he's not a scorer. He's out there for other reasons. He's out there to rebound and play date. Uh huh. Um, and that's what he's doing. And Frank is not a scorer. Frank's never going to be an elite scorer, but his offensive game isn't there yet anyway. Um, uh, Lance Thomas, I guess he's out there for his defense. Uh, look, he's not going anywhere. Jeff Kornacek loves Lance Thomas, so he's not going anywhere. Uh, but he's not out there to score either. And as I noted earlier, for some reason he's taking fewer threes than he usually does, uh, which God knows why. I mean, Lance Thomas has only taken 11 threes all season, and he's played 157 minutes, which I, I don't understand. But look, uh, the guy who needs to, who's been disappointing is Beasley. I mean, the Knicks, I'm looking at their stats right now, and the Knicks starters are 11th in points per game, which is very respectable, right outside the top 10. Now, their bench in points per game is 23rd. Wow. It's awful. So, if they can get that 
bench up to like just a league average level or like even like the 20s or like 18 or 17 or something. I mean, that's a top 10 offense right there. But the only guy who's been consistent scoring off the bench is McDermott. So, uh, and, you know, they don't really have a lot of scoring options off the bench. You know, the only other scoring option really that they had, uh, other than Beasley, was Billy Hernan Gomez, and yep. he's in the rotation. Yep. So, the guy who needs to step up if they want to score more off the bench is Beasley. Beasley's going to have to step up in his whatever, in his 15 minutes a bench, uh, 15 minutes a game off the bench, he's going to need to score. You know? If he, he talked about how he was a walking bucket during the offseason. Okay, well, if you're a walking bucket, in the 15 minutes a game you're on the court, get as many buckets as you possibly can. Average less than five points a game, okay? Yeah. You're you're 100% right. It's We've talked about Beasley since he was signed. We know that he has the ability to score. But this is the issue that we talked about. He doesn't always reach his full potential. In fact, he has never reached his full potential. For whatever reason that is. I think immaturity issues early on, certainly the case for that. He says he's different. He says he has matured. I don't think he's done anything that stupid since being in New York, other than some of the comments that he's made about being right up there with LeBron and, and Kevin Durant and the guys barely touching the floor at the moment. But... Because of what he can do, I think the expectations for him were to be a big piece coming off the next bench. We felt like that, Chip. Me and you felt like he was going to be the guy that, that led the Knicks bench. The second unit, guy that could put 13 to 15 points a game with you know, maybe 18 to 20 minutes. Go in there to score, and I feel like when he's in the game, he's not aggressive enough. And I think because of his inability to score, he's not really playing in the rotation. And then again, the other guy that you mentioned, I think, was, to me, an important bench piece was Billy Hearn Gomez, and he's not even in the rotation either. Um, I like McDermott. I love his game. I think he's a really nice player. I think he's a smart player. That's what we talked about when we acquired him. He's a basketball guy. And I like his game. I'm a fan of his game. He's been pretty consistent, as you mentioned. But, Chip, what what can be done? Do you think maybe Jeff Hornacek has to make some changes to maybe the offensive game plan for the second unit? Is, is there anything that you can think of that can get this Knicks scoring going? I mean, as you mentioned, 23rd in the league. That's awful. What can the Knicks do? to get going, or or is it just simply guys like Beasley have to play better? And Willie Hearn, uh, Billy Hearn Gomez, when he gets his minutes, has to play better. Is, is it just that, or can there be some kind of adjustment? Yeah, I think it's just that. Beasley has to play better. Because the offense isn't the problem. The defense is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they're scoring enough points because – I mean, Porzingis is playing right now. If Porzingis went down, the offense would be the problem. But it's not the problem. Uh, when Porzingis, the real problem, when Por, you're talking about when Porzingis goes out. Yeah. And everyone's talking Porzingis goes out in the scoring. 
If you look at the numbers and if you watch the games, the eye test, the real problem when Porzingis goes out is it is a free-for-all for the opponent on on defense. Uh, the Knicks are a disaster with Porzingis off the floor yeah. because he is amazing rim protector, and when he goes off the court, teams are just doing whatever the hell they want in the paint. So that's what the real problem is. I mean, they have – look, I like I was talking about, I love Ines Ganter but he ain't Christos Porzingis down there. He's not scaring any. He's not blocking exactly. any shots. He never jumped. Yep. He never jumped. Yep. So uh, when Porzingis goes out, the deep, that's why I think it's tough to change your rotation because the offense isn't a problem. But uh, if you're going to ch- – and the defense is the problem. The defense is the problem. They're, they're 20th in defensive rating right now. So – that's not – you need to be 15th or better, I think, yeah. to be legitimate playoff team. They're not good enough to be a playoff team right now in terms of defense. They just have too many bad stretches. And you can't be a playoff – you can't be a playoff team and fall apart on defense when one guy goes off the court, man. That's that's the problem. It's not the offense. Yeah. It's well said by you. Again, and I'm right with you. I don't think much can be done. Um, change the game plan. It's just guys have to step up. But we are going to wrap up the show for today, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the Knicks Data Mind podcast.